Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, everybody. Welcome around the writer's table. I'm Gina Edwards, and I'm here today with Melody, a scout, and Kimbu York. We're three friends who consistently talk about writing, and we decided we wanted to share that with you. So we have gotten together to create this podcast, and we welcome you around the writer's table today. Just by way of quick introduction, and then I will pass it to Melody to introduce herself. Um, As I said, I am Gina Hogan Edwards. My mission in this life is to uplift women's voices. I provide emotionally and psychologically safe spaces for women to reclaim the power of their voices, whether that's on the page, on a stage, in their workplace, or in their everyday life. So I'm a coach, an editor, and a Woman Speak Circle leader. And my friend, Melody, a scout, will tell you a little bit about herself before we interview Kimbu. Well, hello, listeners. Uh, I am consider myself fortunate to be a part of this group uh, where we have uh, lovingly, energetically, enthusiastically tossed ideas around about writing, writers, the writing process, and uh, which sparked us to begin this podcast series. I'm a writer and author. I'm a plant spirit medicine healer and a landscape designer. I am interested in both the inner and outer landscapes and what they have to teach us. So thanks for the welcome. And we're going to learn more about Melody in our next episode when we get to interview her. But for today, we're going to be talking to the author alchemist. Kim Boo York is my buddy who has written millions of words. He's written over a million words of original fiction, over a million words of fan fiction. And as the author alchemist, she is committed to helping authors keep writing fun. She is also the book blurb and bio alchemist. So if that's something that you're going to need for your upcoming book, be sure and touch base with Kimbu. But we want to learn about her and her writing, her writing process. So Kimbu, just a short introduction. If you want to add a little bit to what I've already told the listeners about you, tell us about yourself. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, as far as who I am and what I do, you pretty much encapsulated all of that. Uh, I am a longtime Florida resident. My parents moved me here when I was a kid and spent most of that time in Central Florida. They moved up here to Tallahassee area where I live now. Um, And I just quit my job, my day job that I had for over eight years with Florida State University in order to branch out and commit fully to my writing and to the author alchemist 
uh, business of motivating writers. So that's kind of where I am. And as everybody who in any way follows me on any social media knows, I am the mom to Keely Boo Doggo, uh, my precious, precious little dog. And she's uh, asleep over in the corners. Let's hope no mailman stop by to wake her up and make her start barking. And if you want to uh, read more of Kim Boo's work, you can subscribe to her morning blog called Keeley's Way, where she documents her morning walks with Keeley, which I thoroughly enjoy reading first thing every morning while I'm having my coffee and breakfast. Me too. <laughs> so, so I'm going to start us off with a question, Kim Boo, and I know it's going to be pretty loaded because I know a little mm. bit about what you write and what you're interested in. But the first question that I wanted to um, ask you so that the listeners could get to know you better is what are the literary and cultural influences on your writing? Oh gosh. Yeah. You are hitting pretty hard, aren't you? <laughs> wow. Um, well, it's as much as I love writing and as much as I love reading, I think for me as a storyteller, which is really how I identify myself, is honestly mirrored by my fandoms, which uh, originally was Star Trek and Star Wars. And especially Star Wars, which I'm old. So <laughs> I actually <laughs> I actually saw Star right, right. I actually saw Star Wars in the theaters when it was originally released. And I'm talking about a new hope, which was 1976. And um, yeah, my parents never forgave me for that because I actually forced them to take me to see that movie once or twice a week for the entire run it was in the theaters. And back then that was almost six months. So even before the movie had gotten out of the theaters in 1976, I had seen it over 25 times. So wow. uh, or at least, yeah, I know my parents never, never let me live that down. They were like, we had to sit through that movie so many times and you hear you, know, you hear that these days about people having to replay the same movie on their video or whatever but that was my version of it and I still remember that moment in the theater when you're you, after the space battle and then you're on looking down at Tatooine and the the planet is coming into view and then it was just mesmerizing. And I was like, wow, this is a story. And that sense of adventure, that sense of telling a bigger story, a meta story, a mythology, because um, as everybody should know by now, right? A lot of the inspiration was not only for that movie and also Indiana Jones, which came out later, but was the old serials, the old movie serials, like the old Flash Gordon and those types of things but also the uh, John Campbell uh, meta myth theory of um, the story of, you know, the Uber mythology of the person leaving their home and, and going out and doing adventures. And, and so as a writer, that image, that initial image of being in a theater and watching that planet slowly lift up on the screen and then we, you know, get introduced to Luke Skywalker never leaves me, never leaves me at all. And uh, yeah, I could list a lot of books that I've read and a lot of books that were inspiring to me. I mean, some of the early writers of science fiction, such as she did. She, she, I'm, blah, 
I need more coffee. C.J. Chera and uh, Vonda McIntyre were certainly pivotable, pivotable, pivoting. Gosh, y'all. <laughs> Pivotal, pivot, pivot. I'm pivoting now. Uh, <laughs> uh, as well as Anne McCaffrey, uh, the oh, Dragon yes. Rider series, right? Yeah, we talked about that. So, uh, you know, I can't say I have high literary pollutant uh, background. I've read, of course, a lot of literature over my education, but inspired by, yeah, mm-hmm. those, that's what inspires me. Awesome. Thank you. Nice. Um, I think you alluded to it and you didn't talk about it much, but, you know, I, I'm older than you, not quite as old as dirt, oh. but older than you. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until I met you that I even heard the term fan fiction. And it was just fascinating to me. So uh, tell me a little bit about fan fiction for our listeners who don't know what that is and what drew you to it. Well, fan fiction is a form of transformative writing. Transformative writing has been around ever since humanity has started telling stories and especially since we've started writing them down. When you, when you think of transformative fiction, um, you know, a lot of people think of fan fiction in the modern sense that a lot of people know, which I'll get into in a second. But even Dante's Divine Comedy in, in, in a lot of ways is uh, fan fiction. The old Arthurian tales are just a series of fan fictions about author that evolved over centuries. Like there was, there's no singular author, author legend out there. There's many and they all are interrelated and they're all based on other versions of the story. So it's not a it's not a new thing is what I'm getting at here. Fan fiction in the modern sense, I guess you could go back to Sherlock Holmes, but it was really came into its own in the 60s and the 70s with Star Trek and and less so Man from Uncle when fans of the shows got together and started writing stories about those characters in different settings. And certainly in, in Star Trek, there was a lot of Kurt Spock fan fiction, which was called Slash fan fiction because there was a slash in between their names. It was Kirk slash Spock. And so that became very popular, which are stories about a romantic and or sexual relationship between those two characters. And Wow. very popular yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it it slash fan fiction really took off after that uh, man from uncle same thing yeah you, you have napoleon solo and Ilya kiryakin slash fan fiction became very popular and there's actually academic studies now of why particularly that form of fan fiction of slash fan fiction became the most predominant form of fiction. So I'm not going to delve into that, but there are a lot of other versions too. There are a lot of what we call het ships, which are, you know, just regular old fashioned male, female romance stories. There's gin, which is short for general, which means there's no particular romance involved, but it's just an adventure story or a high story or, or, you know, an analysis of post story reckoning if there's some drama in it. And it's just a way for people to take what they love and interact with it on their own terms. That's the part I love about it. 
It I mean, really is. Yeah, amazing. Writer taking their imagination to move beyond the, the script or the storyline. That just fascinated me. It's awesome. And it's just amazing how many people do it without even realizing that it's a thing. I know when I started doing fan fiction, I was 13 years old, 12 oh. years old. Yeah, oh. it was one of the few times I was in public school. Most, most people know I was majority homeschooled. And there were a couple of girls who were also Star Trek fans. And we did round robin writing where we traded out the, because of course, remember, everybody here is old. This was 1980s. So we had a spiral bound notebook and we did a round robin fan fiction. We'd never heard of fan fiction. We didn't even understand it. We just wanted to write about Spock and Kirk and Bones and the Enterprise going on adventures and meeting new aliens. Um, one girl was really into the romance elements of it. So she had a what we would now call a Mary Sue, which was a self-insert character about her meeting, you know, the characters. Uh, but we rolled with it. You know, it was just fun. We were 13 years old. You just have people interacting with it at, at levels that just almost instinctual. Like they just, there's something about those characters or that setting that speaks to something in them that they want to share. And to me, that's just magical. And that's why I will always love fan fiction. I know it gets it gets a lot of criticism as not being real writing, but I think those people haven't read the same fan fictions I've had because I've mm -hmm. I've read some astounding works of art that are that are fan fiction. It's just really amazing. Nice. I was familiar with fan fiction, but not to the depth that I have learned about it since I've known <laughs> you, Kimbu. And it's um it seems to me like it would be a very logical step if you were maybe a little insecure about your own original path for writing to be able to uh, dip your toe into the possibility of creating stories, sort of an entryway into writing. And so I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about how fan fiction can inform your path leading into more original writing? That's very easy for me to do because it's my own personal story. Um, uh, there was a lot of trauma in my background. And while I've always written my own stories, original stories about my own original characters from the time I was very young, starting about the mid nineties, and this was after my parents died and, and I was under a lot of a lot of stress and pressure and PTSD. And I just kind of, I didn't stop writing. Like there were still stories percolating in my brain and I would start and stop, but I didn't feel like a writer and I didn't feel like anybody would want to read what I have to write. And I didn't feel like certainly the publishing industry at the time would want anything that I have to say. So I just kind of did it on the down low, sort of like, oh, I you know, have this idea, I'll sketch out a couple of chapters or something and just let it hang. Things did not get better for my life for a long time. And about 2007, 2008, I had what I politely call a breakdown, which was actually just a psychological trauma, uh, completely folding in on myself due to the weight of grief and trauma and one of the things that pulled me back out was I went online because, you know, at that point, the internet was there and I started just putting around. And, and at, the, at that point in time, I was really into the movie Hot Fuzz 
I was like, well, what? let me see what people are saying online about hot fuzz. One thing left to another and I found the fan fiction. When I found that fan fiction forum, it was like a window opened up in my soul. And like two days later, I was already posting fan fiction. At that point, that really started a two, three, almost four year journey of me writing every day, writing stories about characters I love, developing my voice as a writer, learning to trust the process and practice and do it on a regular basis. The joy of being able to upload a story, even a not great story. And I will, I will be the first to admit that some of my early fanfics are a little cringeworthy in places, especially in retrospect now, but getting feedback on those stories, mostly positive. The fan fiction community overall really tries to be supportive to each other. There are of course trolls and there's drama as in any community, but uh, generally speaking, it tries to be very supportive. Even if people who are just starting out have never written anything more than a, you know, a class topic paper or something like that. And so when you get in an environment like that, it's just a feedback loop of just feeding you like, oh, they really like that story. Maybe I'll take this element and write another story and, and you just learn more and more. So it really is a great way to reintroduce yourself or introduce yourself for the first time into writing as a practice and as something that you want to do and that's something that is some can bring you joy and bring readers joy which i think a lot of writers we, we tend to be very isolated and we kind of kind of get drawn into our own personal drama about it and we forget this is fun this is something that can be enjoyable and more importantly the end result is something that can bring joy or insight or epiphanies or you know, just emotional resonance with the stories that you write. So honestly, it was it was critical for me to becoming a professionally published author. I did not have my first book published till 2011. And at that point, I had written over 500,000 words of fan fiction. Um, so wow. yeah, so it, it made Yeah, it made a huge difference just being writing that much so that I could write that first book. So if I, I guess I have a two phase question. If a person wanted to read fan fiction, how could they identify something? You know, can you point them uh, to that? And then also, if someone wanted to explore the idea of writing fan fiction, what would be the first step? How would they go about doing that? That's easy to do because answer is related in that the best place these days to go is called Archive of Our Own. And it is run by a nonprofit organization called the Transformative Works Organization that is entirely fan run and fan operated and um, supported by donations. It's not a corporation. It's not a business. It's not for profit. If you go to archiveofourown.org, all one word, archiveofourown.org, everybody calls it AO3 as a, as a, as a short term. You can look for any fandom, any book you've ever read, any show you've ever seen, any movie you've ever watched, and you will find fan fiction for it. I guarantee you, like it's there. You can go there, you can do a look by works, by television, movies, books, comics, manga, whatever, there's fan fiction for it. There is fan fiction for the movie Casablanca. There is fan fiction for uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. There is fan wow. fiction for- <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. 
great place to go find find a movie that you love that you love those characters um, and read the fan fiction for it there's tags so that if you don't want to read romantic fiction you don't have to you can read general um, there's tags for things like violence or rape or uh, major character death. So if you want to exclude those tags, or if you're looking for some grim dark stories, you want those tags in there, you can do that as well. It's a really, really great resource. And so the flip side to that is, it's really easy to become a member. It's free. You sign up, you get, a, you get an account. When you do that, you can post your fan fiction there. So if somebody has an urge to write and they're not really secure about it and they're wondering if their ideas are valid, if anybody would want to read them, I say, well, pick a fandom or pick a, pick a property that you really love, any property, the movie Up from Pixar, it doesn't matter. Write about those characters. Again, it doesn't have to be romantic if you don't want it to be, or it could be totally smutty. No, AO3 has seen it all and post that story there. You will get readers, you will get feedback, and it will be a way for you to, you know, proof of life type of thing. It's like, yes, I can do that. I can write something and put it out there. That's not the same as writing original fiction. I'll be the first to admit that. But as a first step in honing your craft and developing a practice for it, it's a great one. This is fascinating, and I want to make sure, you know, you're kind of our techie person, so I'm going to put this one on your <laughs> shoulders. When we put the show notes up, we need to make sure to link to AO3 so yeah, the sure, listeners can absolutely. find that. I'm just yeah, going to no mention problem. that. And uh, pivoting a bit, uh, mm. I am, I just love that you created the author Alchemist. <laughs> I mean, it is like to me, uh, fascinating, has a different approach. Um, it's not technical help on your writing. Um, it's sort of coaching, but not exactly coaching. But I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about it. And, and I know you authors, um, offer some wonderful uh, courses um, on your website that you'll tell us about. Uh, but what made you land on the idea of the author alchemist? So I think it was back in 2016 or 2017, um, my friend Kim McShane took me to uh, a women's entrepreneurial group here locally in Tallahassee. And I was, I was not really thinking of myself as an entrepreneur at that time. I was still, I, I had my day job. And so I wasn't really worried about, you know, paying the bills or anything like that. I was like, well, if I get time, I'll just write some more books, which I never did. Um, because time is ephemeral. We don't even know what it is. And I saw these other women, and this is where I met Gina. And of course I met you through Gina and, and made a lot of connections locally. And I saw these other women taking control of their own lives and, and doing it in a way that they enjoyed. So that kind of, that was kind of the, the spark of the idea. And then I remember, I do remember this vividly. I was actually beta reading. Now, beta reading is kind of like editing. It's just another word for editing. But in the fan fiction community, beta reading is something you do as a gift. It's a gift economy. So you don't charge somebody to read their fan fiction for errors or for continuity. It's a gift that we all give each other. Like I've beta read a lot of fic and people have beta read mine. Um, you check errors and things like that. 
and I'm I'm a terrible. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: Do not hire me to be your copy editor. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm not going to catch the typos. I'm not going to check. I'm not going to see the grammatical errors. It's going to look fine to me. I'm going to be sign off on it, and then it's going to go to the next editor, and everybody's going to be horrified. Uh, but what I found that I was really good for, and that other fan writers were coming to me for, was what we call the alpha reader feedback. And the alpha reader, I like to describe it as the difference between the alpha reader and the beta readers. The beta reader is the editor. They care about the story. They want to help you make the best story possible. An alpha reader cares about the story, but what they really care about is the writer. Is like my job as an alpha reader is to inspire you, to tell you what you're doing well, to tell you what interests me, to talk to you about what's what's hanging you up. Why haven't you written anything this week on this story? What's holding you back? Is it a problem with the character, or is it you know your spouse is getting ready to go into surgery? You know <laughs> what's going on? And I realized, wow, you know this is a a gift giving economy. I'm not going to charge my friends and fandom for this service, but this is something I could do as a business because I think authors do need it, right? Like Absolutely. we are right. I mean, it's, 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 and as you said, it kind of crosses that bridge between coaching and not coaching in the sense that um, I'm there to help authors stay inspired, find their motivation develop the, the practice of writing, which I talk about a lot, obviously it keeps coming up here, but to me, that's the real key. It's like, you can't edit something that isn't written. Like, there's a, there's, there's, there's a definite thing that has to happen first. And that's the writing. It's like, it's got to happen, right? We can't just go in and publish a book that we just kind of thought about one day, at least not yet, who knows <laughs> with technology, but, uh, yeah, you have to work at it. You have to do the writing first. And so the author alchemist was born out of that. And mm -hmm. my, uh, my own podcast is specifically geared, as you said, it's not necessarily geared to the craft as you know, Gina would talk about it. Um, but it is geared to looking at the hurdles that authors have in sitting down to write in getting the writing done. And that's what really interests me because there's so many people who have so many great stories and they should be, telling those stories and writing those stories so that I can read all of them. Like that's the real goal. Here. Oh, <laughs> so that was the Genesis and that's, it. yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I was just thinking back to the oof, almost nine years that I was in process of writing my book, soul of the seasons. I was fortunate mm. enough to have Gina as my editor and coach and cheerleader and encourager. And I know how valuable that is to the writer during the process, which can be very grueling, especially when you're getting mm -hmm. down to the wire and the final revisions and all that. So you go, girl. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so one of the things that you brought up was uh, the fact that you can't edit something until you have it written. So I have mm -hmm. a question for you, Kimbu, in terms of... What do you think of the advice that we're often given that a real writer writes every day? Well, I don't want to get us dinged, but I would have to say that's utter bullshit. Um, <laughs> um. 
I just heard a collective sigh of relief among all of our listeners. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I think that the reason that that advice has taken off so strongly and has become gospel in a lot of ways is what's behind it, which is the idea of consistency. And this is what I talk about when I first got into fan fiction again, back in 2007, 2008, my consistency went from, oh, a couple of times a month, I'll sit down and sketch out some ideas to literally writing every day. And it wasn't the fact that I was writing every day. It was the fact that I was writing consistently. Could have done it every other day. I could have, instead of writing a thousand words a day, I could have like sat down and written 4,000 words on a Saturday every Saturday or every Sunday or once a week, some point during the week. I think the key is consistency. And I know that we all have a love-hate relationship with that whole idea of consistency, but I think a lot of times that's because people try to define it, use the definition that other people have for it. Uh, as, as you guys know, and as uh, listeners might not know, I spent over eight years working with the disability community in higher ed in my job, my day job. And so that really taught me that there is a very, I guess I want to say there's a varied way of looking at how brains work. And some people getting up, a classic case of this is Stephen King, getting up at four o'clock, spending an hour or two writing first thing in the morning before going off to his job as a as a teacher at a school um, the, uh, to write Carrie. And that's a story everybody knows and that's trotted out all the time. Get up early and write first thing in the morning. Uh, morning pages is another good example. I have friends with ADHD and uh, sleep schedule issues. And that's the last thing they can do is get up in the morning and write big pages. So you really have to find the, the method of consistency that works with your brain and with your life. If you have young children in the house, you know, obviously you're not going to be, it's like, you know, and even in Stephen King's case, um, and as we've learned with Thoreau writing Walden, that, you know, usually there's a woman in the background doing the laundry, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so who, what, what support networks do you have? Are you really going to be able to get up at, at four o'clock in the morning and write for an hour and a half and still get the kids fed? Yeah, who's going to mm-hmm. be doing that? Um, who's going to take the dog for the walk in my case, me, that's it. That's who's going to take the dog for a walk. So write every day if you can, if your brain works that way, otherwise just focus on consistency. Like you can set a word count for the week, or you can set a word count for life, like getting to a million words. It may take you years to get to a million words, but just make that goal and work towards it. Um, do do a couple, set an hour, you know, I'm going to write for three hours every week, even if it's in 20 minute increments at random times, set something that will make you consistent, but it doesn't have to be what everybody else is using. That's, that's my thoughts on it. I can't tell you what a relief it was for me to finally internalize that. I mean, just (laughs) use this as an additional stick to beat myself. I'm not writing Uh every day. And it's not, you know, they say, don't wait until you're inspired to write. But it wasn't that I wasn't inspired. It was the way my brain worked, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm not in the headspace to sit down and put those words, I can just stare at the computer all day and it just, bleh, nothing. So it was such a relief 
And um, I do believe there's value in um, creating an environment where you can shift into a better headspace that will allow you to run. But, and sometimes that's part of that is just taking a break mm-hmm. and coming back to it fresh. So absolutely, totally get that. I, I have to chuckle just a little bit at this part of the conversation because Kimbu and I have had so many talks about how darn hard consistency can be, but there was a major jewel in what you just told us, Kimbu, find your method of consistency. You know, I think that if every one of us who, um, beginning writer, experienced writer, no matter what level, if we take that bit of advice and apply it, then that tip alone can transform our writing process. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Totally believe it. So we are running up on about 40 minutes here. So let's see what else we want. Yeah. Let's see what else we want to find from Kimbu. There's one... uh, before I ask this final question, Melody, was there anything else that you wanted to ask? Uh, depends on what your final question is, Gina. <laughs> it's all about I'll the I'll let deals. you two find out this. <laughs> uh, I, well, honestly, I, I, if you can just give a little encapsulated uh, version of what lights you up about the writing process. encapsulated wow you're really like tying me down <laughs> i am not a short story writer people like no, <laughs> no, no, no. it's a bit i start at thirty thousand words and go from there um for me it really is about the sense of discovery of, of learning about the characters of learning about what's going to happen and where they're going to go and 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 just learning more about the characters. I'm a pantser or a discoverer as some is calling them these days. And uh, that's, that's when I'm in that zone and I'm just finding out new, new things and they're saying things I never planned for them to say. And I love that. I love that so much. That brings me so much joy. Like that sparks joy for me. Awesome. And I bet that in that answer, you've already given us one of the answers to my next question. So I'm curious if you would give us three words to describe what the writing experience feels like to you. Excitement, effort, and discovery. Mm. I figured discovery would be in there. Yeah, discovery is definitely a key component for me. I just, I just really love that part. I, I definitely have to agree with you on that. The, I think writers have to just naturally be very curious mm. and the things that we can uncover during our writing process, no matter what we're writing, you know, it's really easy to go down the research rabbit hole, but you know, that's all part of the process. And I think Gina, that's interesting, but you know, that you're saying, because I know the book that you're working on, like you've spent years outlining planning doing research on these characters and yet still when you're writing them and i know because we've had these conversations 
they'll say something, they'll do something, something will happen and you're like, I had, what, how did that even, where did that come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, discovery still happens, even if you're a plotter and you plan everything out. Uh, it's just, you know, and when you're doing nonfiction, even, even with you, I've heard stories, Melody, about you writing Soul of the Seasons and things that, you know, didn't really crystallize for you until you were in the act of writing them. And sometimes after, in the final revision <laughs> process, things were crystallizing. So I yep. totally, yeah. And fortunately, that's something that we're going to get to hear more about in our next episode. We will be interviewing Melody, a scout, in episode number three. So we will learn more about her, her writing process, and the book that she has out there in the world. So, Kimbu, do you have any closing words? Uh, I'll pass it to you. And then if you want to pass it off to Melody, then we'll wrap up. Uh, Closing words. I mean, thanks to listeners for listening to me ramble on uh, about Star Wars and Star Trek and fan fiction, things that I love. Um, But, you know, I think one of the things that I really love is uh, really appreciate about writing and what I hope everyone will take away from it is that is the idea of write what you love, love what you write. It can be a hard road to hose sometimes doing the writing itself, but write what you love and love what you write. That's, that's the end all be all for me. Beautiful. Nice. Well, thank you so much. I uh, learned even more about fanfic and uh, the author alchemist. And I look forward to bringing more of your wisdom in on our next uh, podcast where we're going to talk more in depth about this. Awesome. Awesome. It was great. And I just want to express my gratitude to both of you for the the possibility of us being able to do this. It's been a blast. Kimbu, I thought I knew you well, and I learned even more about you today. (laughs) And I look forward to talking with Melody next time and i want to remind our listeners that they can go to our website aroundtheriderstable.com to see all of our episodes as they unfold or they can tune in to us wherever you listen to your podcasts so thank you for joining us today and hope you'll join us next time around the writers table thanks for joining us around the writers table please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing Info at AroundTheWritersTable.com Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at AroundTheWritersTable.com Everyone here around the Writers Table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time. <laughs>